Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is the Dublin Racing Festival preview. An incredible day, day or two of racing, I should say. This is the Saturday preview, and we have two expert guests here to go through the card at Leopardstown. We have Odds Checker's very own resident tipster, Andy Holding, fresh from a break. And we know, Andy, that you go very, very well fresh. Yeah, that's a theory. Anyway, we'll um, we'll see how that pans out in the next week or two. But uh, yeah, I, I needed a little bit of a break just to kind of uh, take stock, as it were. And I probably didn't miss a great deal. I picked a good week to have off. Um, coming back at the best moment in time as well with this uh, cracking uh, two-day fi- fixture, which definitely works. And I think we're just in for a, an amazing array of talent we're going to be seeing this weekend. Yeah, incredibly exciting stuff over in Ireland. And our second guest is former jockey Andrew Thornton. Andrew, great to have you here. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty Irish affair, given what's going on at the moment uh, in the world, but an excellent weekend of racing. And we should find out a fair bit ahead of next month's Cheltenham Festival, given these horses can all come over for it. I think it's a great initiative. And I think it's a shame that we don't have something similar, um, you know, just just to whet the appetite and, and see these horses see these horses out taking each other on rather than dodging each other and going in different directions and taking the soft options. So. It's it's going to be fascinating, and the and the ground over there looks like it's probably as it has been. It's not going to be as quick as it has been the previous couple of seasons, which it has been on the quick side over there. But um, mm. it's still probably going to be better than what we have at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the racing now because we've got a full uh, stack stack days racing to get through and we've got about 45 minutes to do so before we do just going to point you in the direction of the odds checker app do download it now for the best prices which we'll be talking about where we can today the best bookie offers place terms and the best tipsters in the business including the man on the line with me now andy holding right on to the first and we're recording this at about 20 to midday on thursday so the declarations are in the markets are reforming and i was panicking five minutes ago because i thought we weren't gonna have any prices but the great men at william hill have come out with their prices for saturday so in terms of the first at least these are their prices the first out and it is the two mile six novice hurdle where gaillard de mensil is the nine to four favorite cape gentleman five to one uh statler eleven to two gentleman's game nine to one ashdale bob ten to one eleven to one bar one man for a novice hurdle and that is andy holding so andy and you like your Irish racing as well. Andy, take us away. I mean, this is a, a great start, you know, straight into a grade one. And we've got proper grade one horses um, entered up for this race uh, in the sense that some of them are likely to be at the very, very highest level further down the line. They're not grade one horses yet, but um, their their numbers certainly suggest that they're they're. Uh, bubbling under the surface. Um, and, and my starting point is Galliard de Mesnil, my horse who I've tipped for the Ballymore this season. Uh, off the back of his startlingly good win uh, at Leopardstone over the course uh, at the Christmas period. Um, I thought he was impressive at the time. And it's only when I've gone back and actually crunched his numbers and done some split screen comparisons to the to the rest of the horses that are on that car that has led me to believe that this horse could be absolutely anything because... Um, Comparing him what he did with Flooring Porter um, on that uh, same card, he was absolutely light years ahead of that grade th- grade one three-mile race to the point where they literally were going over the winning line or Galliard de Mesner was going over the winning line when Flooring Porter was coming to the last. 
Mm. Um, it was it was almost eye-poppingly astonishing to see how far clear they pulled away if you did almost like a circuit at a half comparison of when Galileo de Mesnel had jumped the first hurdle and then you run the video on to see where Florian Port had landed at that particular point. You run it all the way on, all the way past the winning line to the end and Galileo de Mesnel had gone on in, over the horizon when, as I said, Florian Porter and Sir de Berlin, all those were, were, were just jumping the last. So, Straight away, I'm thinking, God, this Galliard de Mesnil must be incredibly good. So I thought, well, the only way to really analyse that race and, and, and believe whether you're right or not is to see how the horses in behind have done subsequently. The second horse, Mr. Incredible from the Henry Bromhead Stable, uh, beat a horse called Gardens of Antrim the other day at Navan. Uh, so that, that ticked the box. Magic Days, the third horse, got beat 18 lengths, went to Clonmere next time out, absolutely lagged in. The seventh horse, Takarengo, beaten 53 lengths, went to Cork next time out, finished second in a maiden hurdle. Stockdale, 116 lengths, he got beat, finished third at Fairyhouse <laughs> next time out. So straight away, I'm thinking, um, the figures are definitely telling me that this race is as good as what I thought. Um, the, the, once out, the only problem I got with Galliard de Mesnil, I think he's got a hell of a lot of basic speed. Um, I think he could be good, just as good over two miles. Uh, the two mile six race, it's probably in betwixt in between with him, really. I think I think it's probably about as far as he wants to go. And it it becomes more into the Statler, Ashdale, Bob, Holy Macapone territory because I think all those three are Albert Bartlett horses. I think Statler's favourite for the Albert Bartlett. Ashdale, Bob's a, a definitely one that um, could go either way. And Holy Macapone, I think, is, is, is very much a three-miler. So with this likely to be a, a fair test, then he's going to have to be as good as what I think he is to... to to cope with this lot, but he's definitely the best horse in the race, no doubt about that. I think the Ballymore is tailor made for him, um, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping to see him put in the same kind of performance that he did at Leopardstown because if he does, then I, I think he'll win this. Are there any concerns for you in terms of your anti post bet that if Guyard Dementsil wins going away and, and Statler throws in a poor performance, we could see him rerouted towards the Albert Bartlett? No, I, I think the two and a half mile, I, put it this way, I, I'm if he got beat by any one of those three, I wouldn't have my absolute head in my hands mm. because, like I say, the two six on soft to heavy ground on 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 Saturday is about as far as I think he wants to go. They've got the hood on him for the first time as well, so they obviously feel as though that that he's going to pacify him a bit as well and, and help him to sort of bottle all his energy up because he, he literally went through <laughs> went through that <laughs> strongly run race the time before like a Mustang. He was never he was never off the bridle. Um, so they're trying to keep a lid on him and trying to trying to help him as much as they can. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Saturday. He's probably the most exciting horse I've I've, I've had all season with regard to numbers. Uh, and yeah, if he comes through with flying colours, then you know, bring on the Ballymore. Andrew, Andy is is smitten with Gaillard Dementsil, seemingly. Um, any thoughts of you on the favourite, or are there any others at a bigger price that you're looking to side with? It's a one-horse race, isn't it? I don't know why the other bottom <laughs> turning up. I think it's, you know... Actually. It's... <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, it's your Brendan Duke saying, I remember him saying one day at, uh, at Worcester when he had a, a favourite in there. I don't know why there is 15 other runners. I'm surprised they're not all not runners. <laughs> so he might come into that category. Um, as far as it, it being a, a test, Irish the Irish racing isn't isn't that much of a test is it they they wind it up early they don't wind it up till turning in so from a, a stamina point of view you know the Ballymore as Andy alluded to the Ballymore's two miles five 
So we're mm. only talking an ex literally an extra furlong this race. And the way it'll be run, they'll just lob out the gate and it'll be quietly away. And he'll, that, that, flat, that, that speed will come into it la later on. I think Andy, Andy just needs them to go hard enough early doors for this horse to switch off as much mm. as anything. Um, each way play to nothing for me in here. Cape Gentleman. Uh, he's an Irish Cesarewicz winner who won pretty much as he liked. He's a 100-rated flat horse now. He's only had the one run over hurdles, which, you know, you've always got to ha have that a slight worry about. But he does have that. He has that flat experience, which which if you're a natural hurdler. And to me, he jumped very well at Punchestown on his debut. He travelled very strongly through the race. Um, you know, the substance to the form, it, it's it's you, you can argue against the form not being as strong as the uh, as the favourite in here. But I just feel that he's 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 got that un, untapped potential in there. Is lightly raced on the flat, hasn't had that many opportunities. He could likely be rated up in the you know the one tens the way he's progressing on the flat. So from that perspective, in a race of this nature where the ground's going to be very fresh, he handles a bit of juice in the ground. Um, for me, he was the he was the one that I'd be if, if I was the favourite. You know, Willie Mullins, he, he holds the nap hand and, and Emmett, who, who literally trains next door, um, is uh, is probably the one who's, who's going to put it up to Willie in this race. It's a, a fascinating contest. Mouse Morris has got a gentleman's game. I think he, he could be interesting from the Albert Bartlett perspective mm. um, with Robbie Power on board. He demolished his field last time up. Uh, he's point-to-point -point form, very difficult to equate. Nicky Henderson bought the second horse this horse was uh, that beat, was beaten in the point to point. That horse hasn't run yet. Balco Coastal. It was uh, it was down to run at Ludlow, but it was pulled out. Didn't run and hasn't run since. So very difficult to equate the point to point form. But he looks more like an Albert Bartlett proposition. Uh, but I'd I'd be going Cape Gentleman to possibly upset Andy Holdings, Ballymore Properties, Anti Post, <laughs> Galliad de Mesnil. Five to one. Cape Gentleman is with William Hill. Andy, before we move on, <clears throat> just got another couple of questions <laughs> yep. to ask you. I'm going to take my lead from the journalists in the Prime Minister's briefings and ask you two questions at once. Um, first, starting with Hurley Macaponi, a horse that you had a lot of time for before the last run, which looked too bad to be true. Can we anticipate maybe a bounce back here? And, you know, Andrew just mentioned Gentleman's game there. I mean, you look purely at the winning distance of that of that run, and it's incredibly impressive, you know, 21 lengths and so on. How does the time stack up for you compared to, you know, just the visuals of that day? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get on to your first question. I mean, Holy Macaponi uh, clocked an incredibly good time, as I, I alluded to when when I did a when we did the um, season mm. preview, didn't we? Early on this year, I think it was in October and November, um, and I was devastated when he got beat last time at Nevin. And I've, I've read um, Henry de Bromme's report afterwards. He couldn't explain it. He still can't explain it. Two months on, um, because he's been re-interviewed again with from the weekend of this week, and he's got all his horses for the weekend. Um, and what he's going to run and, and comments about them. So he's still nonplussed by that run. And But, I mean, Holy Macapone did beat Galliard de Mesnil that day. So, you know, he's, he's obviously very good because look what Galliard's done subsequently. So he's one not to write off. And, you know, he's a big prize for the for the Albert Bartlett. And I do think he is very much in that category. Um, along with Ashdale Bob, he's the, he's the other one. I mean, Andrew's mentioned Cape Gentleman. But I do think Ashdale Bob is a, 
he's a, he's a live one for the Albert Bartley. Oh, everything about him is is he's stamina laden. You know, he, you look at his victory the time before when he won at Navan. He was very strong at the in the latter stages that day. And luckily, he fell early on in the Lullers of Nace, the race that Bob Ollinger went on to win last night. So we didn't get another chance to have a look at him. But I presume this is very much a, a, a stepping stone towards the Albert Bartlett for him. Um, I, I, Andrew's right, we can, gentlemen. The, the the form, the substance of that race that he won at, at Punchestown is just absolutely bobbins. There's not that the horses that finished second and third aren't the kind of level that the other horses have been running against, proper genuine grade one horses. So he's going to have to improve. Not said he can't, but he's going to have to improve um, markedly to, to to figure on, on Saturday. But it's a fascinating race, a great starting point. I mean, we're, we're straight into the action here with um, loads and loads of clues. We'll know more about the Ballymore. We'll know more about the Albert Bartlett within five minutes of this race being run. So I'm looking forward to this race um, for starters. And it doesn't get any worse with the next. I think most people who aren't, you know, so smitten with the uh, with the novice uh, hurdles would say it gets a bit better in the second with the Dublin Chase and Chacun Pour Soi is of course the favourite, the Champion Chase favourite one to two here currently best price six to five for the Champion Chase. That's also with William Hill, Min nine to two, uh, the stablemate Notebook next up thirteen to two, Tornado Flyer eighteen to one, Sizing Potsy twenty two to one, twenty five to one, Fakir Duderi's six run here. Quarter of the odds, two places. I know what I'll be playing, but Andrew, let's start with Shaq and Puss while at the top of the market. Can we find any reason to uh, to take Shaq and Puss on? It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, obviously, he, he, beat, uh, he beat Min last year, uh, beat him in compre- comprehensive fashion. Uh, you feel that uh, Min's this, this is just, is just a warm up for, the, for uh, another crack at the Ryanair, which you know, that, that, that's what it is. Shaq and Puss, he's got the engine. I don't think he's got the, the the following yet because of we don't see him enough. Um, mm. You know, he hasn't yet got to the Cheltenham Festival, and he, he's he obviously is fragile. That that's that's the thing with him. Um, he's not the it can't be the easiest to train, but the way he got he's gone about his race, he's only been beaten once in his uh, his career um, over this side of the you know over away from France, you know. A, a pretty much an inauspicious start in France when he first started, but he's progressed along the way. He he loves Leopardstown. Um, you know, like I say, we haven't seen him an awful lot, uh, but mm. he's just the way you hear Paul Townend talking and Willie Mullins. He obviously does some exceptional work at home um, because they just talk about him in in, in the highest of regards. So he's very strong in the market. You know, Min, Min just looked like, it, like you say, I think Shock and Pussoir will go through the race in second gear. Min will follow him through and just, it just, he's just not quick enough. You know, Min, yeah. we, we know what Min is, don't we? You know, if Altior hadn't been around, how good would Min's form look? You know, it, it, it looks pretty good at, without, even with him. <laughs> well, even with him. Well, that's right. Exactly. But, he, you know, he kept on bumping into him and, they kept on having a crack. And I, I think they'd have probably stepped him up sooner, but they, they, Willie has that many horses that you've got to juggle around, not just as far as the yard's concerned, but for the owners as well. So you just, you've got to do the juggling act. And um, it looks straightforward. I, I've always been a big lover of Fakadere. Mm. I, I just think he is, a, he's just a two and a half miler. 
but again, they're playing around with trips. He pulled up over three miles last time out. When he when Sam Crow fell there last year and he, he got the better of him, I thought, how good was he been ridden positively over two and a half miles? I just can't wait to see him back at two and a half. But at this trip, he's just he's just not quick enough. And I think you'll find that Shaq and Passois, you know, it, it should be a formality. But trying to find something to follow him home, I just feel it's going to be Min just following him home. He's, he's, um, he just keeps on, um, you know, he's, he's, his race is two and a half for the Ryanair. Yeah, well, not. anybody not, yeah, I mean, I think certainly think my play, if I was to have a bet, would be the uh, the each way play with Min, kind of following Chuck on home in case there is something wrong with the favourite. But again, Andy, it's very hard to put a finger on why Chuck and Poussoir won't finish home first here. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of short price bankers, isn't there? Um, mm. Over the weekend, Chuck and Poussoir, Honeysuckle, arguably, Monkfish, appreciate it. And, and, and this one, should really kick um, those um, thin backers off to a, a flyer because this is very much his track, isn't it? We don't know whether he's a Cheltenham horse because he hasn't run there, which is the only doubt with regards to Queen Mother. Um, and, and this is why he's running here because, you know, it's a grade one. He's already won a grade one this season. Let's let's see him and, and see him in, in, in his true glory, as it were, um, and worry about Cheltenham afterwards. Like a lot of Willie Mullins' horses this weekend, I think he's been very sporting and running all his best horses. He's not bothered about running Min either as well. If he gets beat Min, as Andrew says, he, he's a Ryanair horse. He's a two-and-a-half-mile horse. The, the evidence is telling you that for the last two or three years. Um, and he's a 10-year-old as well now, Min, so he's obviously not getting any quicker. Um, so, yeah, this is just an exercise, really, for, with with Chuck and Paul Swad just to stay out of trouble and getting round. And if he does, I think he'll win because uh, he's the most talented horse amongst this um, field. There's not a lot I can say, really, and offer up anything remotely as a as, a, as an alternative or a, mm. an obvious alternative. Um, you, you could look at Notebook and thought, well, you know, he chased Chuck and Paul Swad last time out. If Min, you know, he's ridden with a, with, a, with another day in mind, then, then they, they wouldn't be too hard on him, just beating him up to finish second. There's no point. So connections of Henry de Bromhead with Notebook, they think, well, if we ride him fairly conservatively, we might run on and, and finish second. That's the only other angle you could look at as a, as a possible. But yeah, it, it's it's a race I shall be having a bet in um, and just and just watching on as a as a as a bystander. Yeah, it should be a great spectacle. You mentioned the short price favourites, and there's another one in the next in the two ten, the Irish Arkle, and it is Energamine is eight to eleven favourite ahead of Unexpected Captain Guinness fifteen to two, Franco de Port nine to one, Darva Star ten to one, Felix Deji eleven to one, thirty three to one, Embittered forty to one, Blackbow, I'm a game changer, hundred twenty five to one, and this is difficult for me to talk about because I managed to back and you're going to be in the favorite here for the RSA about two months ago. And now <laughs> we see that he is an absolute monster over two miles. And he is currently the one set to serve it up to Shishkin in the Arkle. Shishkin currently eight to 11 and the Willie Mullins horse here, six to one. I mean, I must admit it wouldn't disappoint me too much to see him struggling to get the trip, but this looks like an absolute monster for Willie Mullins, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's the best Irish horse over this trip. Based on time figures anyway, purely. Uh, visually, he's been very good. But they have been backed up by the, the, the speed figure as well. Uh, he's the only one who's got somewhere close to Shiskin. Shiskin's done, I think it's Shiskin's gone 78, 79, 78, 77, 78. And Energamine's run to a 76, I think, off the top of my head. So he, he's he's not far behind. So the market for the Arkle is very much in line with, with the time figures. 
she's given, you know, by far and away the best and then uh, the second best. Uh, but this is, you know, away from the arc of this is about as, as hotly contested as it's likely to get. Um, you know, Willie's will chucked a few more um, dangerous floaters in this race to make it a little bit more uh, of, of competition that Nurgan means face so far. I don't think this will be an absolute stroll in the park as the market suggests, because you have got the likes of um, Unexpected, who haven't, we haven't seen uh, since he uh, won at Tipperary early in the season. Obviously, it was the race that was marred by um, Captain Guinness uh, pulling up early on with a, I think it was an irregular heartbeat or something like that. So we didn't, we didn't fully know what what um, Unexpected did, but he did beat Antukas, who has gone on to sort of be the the the, the sort of foot, the, the the whipping boy, if you like, in in good novice chases. Mm. So he, he didn't beat a mug that day, and his time figure was very good. But as far as an each way perspective here, and, and looking for an angle, I'm, I'm probably going to have some more each way multiples, and I have short price favourite multiples. The nine to one for Franco de Port, I think he's a he's not a bad shout because he's the only course and distance winner in the field, and I think that's got to count for us something, given that this race is likely to be run in the way that it was when he won the, the Matheson uh, chase, um, the grade one here last time out. If you remember, Felix Daisy went off very, very fast. Uh, Darvastar chased him through. The race fell apart and Frank de Port picked up the pieces. So you think, well, is that going to like, it's not likely that that's going to happen again, but it could do because you've got Energamine wants to go off the front. Felix Daisy only knows one, one way running. Captain Guinness made all last time. Uh, sorry, uh, has made the running before. And unaccepted made all at Tipperary. So there's going to be three or four vying for, not necessarily wanting to absolutely lead, but you know what I mean? They're all going to be pushing forward and going on a fair lick. So I think Frank Port are probably ridden with a view to come through again. Um, and it's easy to see him running on because he does stay really well. He's a, he was a two and a half mile horse um, over hurdles uh, and running on into the frame. So I think with a f- clear round, I'd, I'd be hopeful of Frank Port uh, at least filling, filling the, the, the frame, whether he's good enough to, to beat one of the ones uh, that we've already mentioned, including Ergamen, he's open to question, but um, he's probably one I'm, I'm looking at to play from an each-way angle. The good news is more bookies are coming out with their prices as we speak, and Franco de Port, I said he was 9-1, to one. there's 10-1 to one about with Betvictor, Betfair Sportsbook and Paddy Power, and Yugamine, there's a bit of 5-6 to six around as well with the same bookies, so getting a little bit bigger prices than I mentioned at the top. Andrew, this favourite looks pretty... Pretty impressive. Anything you can take him on with, or are you going to look for another favorite favorite winner here? No, I I I, I like um, I like Andy's reachway play. I, mm. I mean, the, the the form at I'm surprised he's not, he's not shorter than what he is. I think it's probably just because people see him as the third string of Willies, yeah, uh, as much as anything else. And I'm, I'm guessing Brian Cooper will probably ride him again. Um, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, and he'd be suited. He he suited by Brian's very quiet riding style, the way he likes to be held up. And I'm surprised that Darvastar and Felix Dejie are very much a, a similar sort of price, having beaten them comprehensively. And that race at Christmas as well, you know how much you read into the times. It was seven seconds quicker than Shaq and Porsois race the following day. Now, difficult to argue on times on different days. Granted. But still, he's very lightly raced as well, um, Franco de Port. And when you when you look back through his form, he's got very good form with plenty of cut. His first ever race in Autoy, he beat the horse of Nicky Henderson's Fred. Was, he's, he's sort of average. You put him middle of the road, wouldn't you? He's 145, middle of the road handicapper. Um, uh, and he absolutely beat him comprehensively on debut. 
over what I would say are the French hurdles. They're more akin to chasing. And mm. I think Franco de Port is more akin to chasing. He's going to be a better chaser than hurdler. And I see him, I see him, you know, an argument. He won his, he won his point of point for Sophie Lacey at Lark Hill uh, over three miles. And as you, and I can understand uh, um, why you backed him mm. for the RSA mm. on the back of his point of point form. Frustrating. Um, <laughs> absolutely. It is frustrating, but... <laughs> You know, if if he goes and wins a gold cup in two years' time, you'll be yep. saying, "I told you so." I, I, I actually did the same with Native River about four years ago. Back him for the RSA, and I think he ran in the in the two mile four race. And then, uh, anyway, I, I digress for for another, for another time. Remember, now back in pubs. We will see. But, but but as far as this race, I don't think an argument should be as. I think this is a, a deeper race. Um, obviously, unexpected. Willie's got that in here as well. You've, you've alluded to his chances, but Franco de Port. He shouldn't be ten to one. And um, you know, he, he's he's a, he's a good slick, quick jumper. And as uh, as Andy alluded to, they're going to go, they're going to go hard in this. And Felix Deji, they say, you know, you read that he settled better. Um, Jack Kennedy is the one who's suited by him. Uh, but I do I do think that this is going to be a good end to end gun and an argument. Isn't going to just go on to doodle away like he did last time out. Um, I think the others will put it to him. So, mm. yep, I'm with Andy each way. Franco. Lovely. Always good when our experts <clears throat> agree on something. And Franco de Porta, 10 to 1, is the each way play here. Nine run at the moment. So do be wary in case a couple come out on the day. Fingers crossed we get we get our each way places with Franco de Porta, 10 to 1. On then, and there is a handicap over just over two miles, two miles and two, I think it is, or two miles one, that is sandwiched in between the Irish Arkle and the Irish Champion Hurdle. We're going to quickly run through it. Uh, Pont Avon and Antukas is both five to one. Epson de Who is six to one. Aramax 13 to two. The Shunter 13 to two. 10 to one bar, currently 23 in there. And the, I'll give this one, hand this one straight over to you because I have absolutely nothing to add. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting for me that in, in two classes, um having another go, another go in one of these handicaps. Um, he finished fourth last time out uh, at um, Fairy House, and I think he was just a bit unlucky that day. He took his half the ball um, a couple of fences down the back um, when he was in a good position, actually, and, and he just he stepped at one, and and he kind of like I'm say he lost his confidence, but he just put him out of put him out of kilter with the next, but. On the whole, he's a very good jumper. You know, to got a look at him previous to that, he chased down unaccepted Blackbow and Sizing Potsy in um, three of the some of the best novice chases run so far in Ireland, certainly based on the time figure. So he's used to running at a fast pace and jumping well at speed. So, like I say, it was just uncharacteristic that he took his off the ball for a couple of uh, fences um, that day. But Mark Walsh very much looked after him with a view to for prizes further down the line. He's actually my grand annual horse. I, I think the grand annual will really suit him. Uh, so obviously this is the next best. Um, so yeah, I'll be looking for a, a positive run uh, from him. I think he's very well handicapped up one three eight based on those runs as I mentioned. You know he's been running against one fifty one sixty horses, uh, and yet you'd certainly have to include the shunter into your into your sort of mindset. I mean that that Greatwood hurdle was a very deep one this season. You know he beat um, lots of horses that we didn't know and love, the likes of Tegarek, Ballyandy, Edward Stone, and I thought he did it really easily. Um, and I think he's going to come to Cheltenham. For, for I think they're still still thinking Coral Cup or 
or maybe County Hurdle, depending what the depending what the weather's doing. Um, but he is, a, he, you know, he, he can operate over a fence as well. You know, he was in deep the time before. So again, I think what, a mark of 132 probably under underplays his um, quality. So those two lightly raced novices, the Shunter and Intucas, I think they can put it up to the uh, the older brigade. The Shunter best price seven to one with Sporting Index, and then two cast eleven to two with the same firm. Andrew, over to you. The Shunter first run, you know, first run in the handicap. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I think for a first run in the handicap, you know, the farmer, the farmer Cheltenham is absolutely rocks. And abs- he didn't just win; he bolted up, mm. and he's had the couple of spins in novice, novice, you know, novice chairs form at the beginning, one of beginners chairs, um, placed in a. a a decent novice and you, 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 you're looking for the horses that have got a few pounds to play with in, in these races. And he, he's got that un, unexposed look about him. And when he, when he ran in his, uh, the two and a half grade three, um, he probably wasn't, um, he wasn't given the hardest time, shall we say? Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and then off the, and then off the back of that, he's gone, he's gone to Cheltenham for the handicap hurdle. And, and won it well you know Emmett's learning quickly and mm. I think he's a very good trainer very good trainer and you know from an each way play you, you need you need a bit of luck in running but um Brian Brian Hayes is part of the furniture the horse only got 10 stone seven as well so you know it goes and wins here he's still got, you know you, you'll still think he's still got a bit to play with heading to Cheltenham and heading to Cheltenham you wouldn't know which way they would play it, would you? Whether he, no. he, could, he could quite easily go back over hurdles. But they've always got that as an option. He, yeah. um, he hasn't got great wind as well, uh, by the way. He, he's, um, he made a noise at Cheltenham and still won. Really? He hasn't, yeah, I, I know the owner quite well. Um, well. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't eat all. He didn't make that kind of noise because he just <laughs> didn't make <laughs> No, um, but I was surprised that he told me afterwards. He said, no, he, he made a noise in the great one and still won. So, um, suggests more to come, maybe. He's, yeah, whether that's been sorted out, though, I don't know whether they've just had tweaked, tweaked around with his win because he hasn't run for a second of three months. Uh, but he's am, very, I, am I right then, Andy, in Ireland that still don't, they don't have to mention it? I think so, yeah. We, yeah. Well, we never, we never hear anything, do we? <laughs> no, we never hear anything but they, they they have rules and regulations that don't seem to comply with what we do over here all right we better move on before there's a lawsuit uh the shunter <laughs> seven to one with bet victor unibet and sporting index on them now to we've got three more races to cover we've got about 15 minutes in which to do so before andrew has to rush off and leave us be with a busy man he is and we're going to go to the champion hurdle the irish champion hurdle where honeysuckle Heads the market, heads the six runners at 11 to 8. Sharjah is 9 to 4. St. Ra is 13 to 2. Abracadabra is 8 to 1. Saldia, 12 to 1. Putty Mouchoir, 20 to 1. Andrew, I'll come to you first here. Who do you think is the value at the current prices? Well, we've heard from Gordon Elliott that Abracadabra wasn't right uh, over Christmas. Mm. Um, and, you know, that. The, <laughs> Basically, Sharjah has taken on, taken on the same horses, barring Honeysuckle, who didn't turn up on that occasion. Uh, my worry about Sharjah is this time of year has great, has, has very good form in autumn running up to Christmas. But off the back of Christmas, in the early part, the form isn't solid. And I think it's more, for me, Sharjah is more of a, what I call spring, summer, autumn horse. Not a... I just don't see him as a winter horse, and the, the, 
I might pro be proved wrong, but th his form at this time of year previously hasn't been as good as it has at other, other times. And that's what worries me. Mm. Honeysuckle, I'd be very much with AP McCoy. I love horses with ones next to their name. <laughs> and and she, she she has that in abundance. They say that she's quicker and slicker. She's trying to back up in this race, which the only two horses to do so are Isterbrack and Hurricane Fly. Uh, you know, I'd love to see her go. I'd love to see her going down the champion hurdle route. <laughs> really would. And I think they're sporting, and they they may well do. With there've been ifs and buts down that front. So I really hope that she. I don't think she's ever going to win anything by. Seven, eight lengths. She's not that kind. But one thing, she's got so much heart. She's so tough. And it, it, I suppose from the racing point of view, how is the race going to pan out? I think Rachel's going to have to make plenty of use of her here. And um, you may say that would suit Sharjah. But I just feel that Sharjah at this time of year, I think Honeysuckle will win. And Abracadabra is the way I would be playing it each way. I just don't see Sharjah coming to the table. Senra was disappointing last time out. Um, maybe a little bit keen. He's going to need to settle better. But um, I'm all over Honeysuckle, but Abracadabra, if anything untoward happened. Interesting. Sharjah, the one to take on for Andrew. Honeysuckle, six to four. Best price with Betfred just come out there. And Abracadabra is pretty much eight to one across the board. Of course, only quarter of the odds, top two because six currently run. Andy, anything to take Andrew on with, or do you agree with what he says? Yeah, I mean, Andrew's absolutely right with, with Charger's profile. I think he's I think he's seven from ten, isn't he, in, in races building up to Christmas. But afterwards, his form um, deteriorates a little bit. I mean, it doesn't deteriorate that much because he, he was second in the champion hurdle. So that theory was not that far away from being blown out of the water last season. So I don't think he... It I have it, Andy. <clears throat> just I, I have it January, February, you know, it's it, just, well, anyway, you go on. No, 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 you're absolutely <laughs> right. Um, you've, you've, you've highlighted the stat, which I was going to kind of throw into into the equation anyway. So, so you saved me a job there. Um, the thing is with Sharjah, look, it's a recurring theme every time I talk about this horse. Look, my time figures um, over the period of time tell me that Sharjah is the best two mile either side of the Irish Sea. Not, nothing can live with him when he's on his A game. Uh, and that's including Epiton and Honeysuckle. Uh, Honeysuckle, funny enough, hasn't run a number which suggests she's absolutely off the scale. She's always run good, solid time, but she's never gone through that barrier that Charger has. Um, probably just for the fact that she hasn't been in the kind of deep races that Charger has over the over course of uh, course of her his time. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult to back Charger with any degree of confidence, given what happened to him this race last year. He came into it similar to this year off the back of a very smooth victory. In a fast time, you're thinking he's only got to do what he did again, and he failed to do it. Um, he was run a bit more prominently for some reason. He made a mistake first down the back. He was wrong at the second last, and he was a spent force turning for home, and he, and he faded out of it. Um, I can't really get that out of my head, really. Um, I think I think you need to be slightly forgiving in this game when horses just run badly once. Yeah. Uh, so he's not one to write off completely, but I agree with Andrew. I think Honeysuckle is just so good and so t brave and tenacious that she won't she won't want to give up her nine for nine career record um, in in this race. Uh, I think it's significant as well that Henry doesn't run Aspire Tower. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, there was a, a belief that that would come here 
Um, and that's now going straight to Cheltenham. So I've got a sneaky feeling that Honeysuckle will win this and we'll, we'll also be having the same dilemma and conversations about which race she should go at the Cheltenham Festival. Should she go down the Championota route or should she go down the easy pickings again in the Mayor's race? Um, that might be the only question that we'd be asking ourselves after this. Um, so, yeah, fascinating stuff. What, what, what would you do, Andy? Well, the thing is, you, you've already won the Mayor's race the year before. I think as, a, as an owner to see how great your horse is, you've got to go like they did with Epitaph last season. You've got to go and take on the boys. Let, let, mm. You know, go out with a blaze of glory. You, you want to, you want to have the horse that everyone remembers, you know, the dawn runs and the, let, let's take them up. Let's take them on. Um, you know, you only live once. You, you don't want to be sort of like always going down the easier every time. But then, but I mean, I think Cavega would have something to say about that, surely. She'd well, say. That, <laughs> that's her own. You asked me for what I'd do though, didn't you? Yeah, I know. Cool. No, but I'm saying in, ter- in terms of just of memorable horses, you, you know, can, if you, you go and win that. Yeah, look, you can see why a lot of connections do that. It's a Cheltenham Festival race. They have the buzz of their horse winning at Cheltenham. You can't take that away from them. You always want to keep yourself in the worst company, don't you, in, in, in the sense of... of um, keep yourself in the worst company? <laughs> keep, yourself in the, keep your horses in the worst company. Keep your horses keep in the worst the company. Yourself in the best company. Yeah, that's what that's the, the saying I was looking for. Um, but, yeah, if she were mine, I'd go down the Champion Hurdle route. Do you think, do you think that, Andy, that... With Quavega, it was more the fact that Willie had plenty of other bullets to to throw at the champion hurdle as much as anything else. That's it, yes, absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully Henry, he, he doesn't have that luxury and, you know, a £7 mare's allowance in the uh, champion hurdle. You know, but she's got to go and win this well. Yeah, yeah well, you know, he had, you know, Oricon Fly, he had Faheen and, and he had all those great, Annie Power, he had all those great horses and he was trying to keep them apart for the right reasons and even though he wanted... To see Cravega in, in, in the champion, it never materialised. Uh, but yeah, I think this one's a different different situation. Um, so, so hopefully that they'll have a crack. But it's a fascinating race, you know. We'll get to know a little bit more about Abracadabra. I don't think he's a total write off yet. Um, I no. think Gordon's horses will be uh, a lot more straighter this this time than they were um, over the Christmas period. So yeah, it's going to be a great watch as well. This race. Interestingly, a few firms have started to go non-runner no bet for Cheltenham. And so therefore Honeysuckle effectively should be priced up as if she runs in that race because that's the way you know you get your money back if, if she's a non-runner. Mm-hmm. And she's six to one with, with Paddy Power in Betfair Sportsbook and seven to one with Betfred and Ball Sports. Generally second favourite behind Epitont or, or kind of joint second favourite with Sharjah, which seems like, you know, it, it could be a fair bit of value. You'd think if she goes oh, to the race, it'll be she because she's done well, you know, on, on, on Saturday and is progressing towards that target. Well, if you look at it just from a pure numbers perspective, if Charge at the moment is second favourite at eight to one and she beats him on Saturday and you've backed her before a non-runner no bet, you're in a win-win situation, aren't you? Yeah. She's got to be seven or two. If she wins this race, all in. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, you think the, the if seven... she if she lines up for for the champion hurdle, she won't be seven to one, and that's how oh, she be no. priced. No, no chance in this world. She could actually be vying for favoritism, bizarrely, mm-hmm. because she, she, that, would have, yeah. she would have. If she does win, she's taken Saint Roy out of the equation. She's probably taken Abracadabra to a certain degree. Charge, although I'm like I say, I'm willing to accept that Charge sometimes doesn't always go back to back. He's a bit of an oxo horse, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does, like I say, it does. Um, it does give you a great deal of flexibility, doesn't it? Taking that seven to one non-runner, no bet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right then, on to the last two races of the day. Uh, the quality 
might dip, but fingers crossed we'll still find a couple of bets. If I know Andy, he'll have a couple ready for us. Uh, in the Labrix hurdle, the next uh, we've got, which is the 350, uh, which is just over two miles. Uh, Advanced Virgo is the 15 to 2 favourite with William Hill. Uh, Ciel de Neige, 10 to 1. Skyline and Drop the Anchor, same price, 10 to 1. Um, the Moy Glass Flyer is eleven to one. He's hardly he's a hardy bloke. Not he's hardly a bloke. That'll be a bit harsh. Twelve to one. <laughs> Blue Sari, Build Me Up Buttercup and Front View all fourteen to one, sixteen to one bar. Currently twenty five in there. Skybet goes seven places. I think this is one to wait until the day of the race to get your best place terms, unless either of you two have spotted one you think maybe has been targeted towards us and could be shorter on the day, often the kind of race where we'd see that. Andy. Yeah, there's a couple in here. Um, one old, one new, as it were, that um, very much cuts the eye down the foot of the weights. The new one is is, is dropped the anchor. Um, he's fairly likely to race for seven year. That's why I say he's a new one because he, mm. he he's only been racing in this kind of uh, level in in the last sort of twelve months. Um, he won very well at Listol, clocked a big number when he beat Getaway Gorgeous. Then he got brought down when he was still going well at Downwall in a, a viciously competitive race that was won in the end by Cade Boy. And then how how his his look didn't really improve when he went to Ferrias next time out. He was he was definitely the most likely winner going out to two hours because he was running on very strong. A horse fell in front of him. I think it was Eka de Bofu going back over hurdles. And he literally ran into him. Um he went from travelling well into into second jumping into second or third, dropping back to about seventh or eighth, and then he came again and he, he flew home and finished third um to save the each way money. So it was a really eye catching run. Um, but I still think he's very well handicapped off for Mark 131 based on that theory that he would have beaten Advanced Virgo, uh, who got bumped up for winning that race. Uh, but I thought the winner without the penalty was d- d- dropped the anchor. And the other one is they also finished second in this race last year. If you go back and watch the video, how this horse did not win this race, I do not know. And that's Golden Jewel. He got stuck in behind a wall of horses they turned for him. He couldn't get out off the curb. And then when he switched him, he flew over and he got done ahead by the, by the Charles Burns gambled on winner. Uh, they've very much had this race in mind subsequently. You've only got to look at the sort of way they've campaigned it. Uh, he finished second in that down royal race, the one, the race that dropped the anchor was brought down in. And then they sent him over fences last time out, just basically just to give him another run. He looked a good thing, but, it, you know, it didn't really pan out. They, they gave the front runner notice to close far too much rope, and he, he, he just basically had a spin round to finish second. Uh, but he's, he's still... I think capable of winning and running well in one of these big handicaps, uh, certainly on the basis of what happened last year. So he'll be very much one that uh, I'll be looking at a, at a huge price golden jewel because there'll be other sexy fancied horses ahead of him in the market. Golden jewel 16 to one as it stands. Drop the anchor 10 to one. Andrew? Depends which one Mark Walsh picks of JP's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always a good strategy. Well, how, what was it? Four handicap wins the other day, and it looked like he was going to have a fifth uh, at Thurless. Was it Thurless? Um, wherever it was, wherever it was, it wasn't Thurless, but he had well, he had a great day. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought CL Dineges were very interesting. Breaks the maiden tag at the tenth time of asking, having finished third at the Cheltenham Festival and second in the Betfair Hurdle. Mm. You know. Your, your handicap form from that perspective won the maiden and absolutely in a hat canter last time out um, and hasn't moved, handicap mark has not moved off 1-3-8 will that have just, I always think with horses like that who've been knocking on the door in big races, just to have a nice spin round, 
stretch the legs without having to exert yourself is a great setup. I think I think Mark Walsh will go for CL Danage. That would be my thought. Um, but echo with Andy. I mean, I've dropped the anchor. Only going up two pounds in the handicap, whereas the winner, uh, Advance Virgo, went up uh, the ten. You know, for wasn't that far behind. And once once the chance has gone, almost finished third by default, didn't it, Andy? It was a case of didn't give it a hard time, ran through horses, and ended up finishing third. And I think from the jockey's perspective, you weren't too fussed whether you finished fifth, sixth, fourth, third, as long as you didn't get too close to the winner and go go up six or seven for mm. finishing a close second. So in that perspective, and obviously the Moy Glass Flyer from, from Joseph's um, won a handicap a couple of years ago, had a long time off, finished third with a good run last time out. Uh, Leopardstown is obviously another horse of JP's, which hasn't got that much weight. So, yeah, I'd be I'd go with CL Dinesh, but I'd be still very wary of whichever one Mark Walsh decided to go with. CL Dinesh, 10 to 1 as it stands, but maybe wait to see the jockey bookings uh, for that one on Saturday and where Mark Walsh chooses or is told to go. On to the last now, and it's the bumper, and we're going to be pretty quick because we haven't got much time left, but we've got Kill Crew is the... 15 to 8 favourite for Willie Mullins, Chemical Energy, 11 to 4, Ramelez, 5 to 1, Noble Yates, 6 to 1, who was very impressive when we saw him last week. Uh, let's be clear about it, 7 to 1, 20 to 1 bar. A quick look ahead at the festival as well, where Kill Crew is the 10 to 1 second favourite behind Sagarhard, and uh, Chemical Energy is 18 to 1. Andy, which one for you here? Uh, Kill Crew for me. Um... I think he's. I think he's got the most potential going forward. I also think he might be the strongest stay of the lot. Uh, Ramel is very smil- silky smooth here last time out. Finally, uh, repaid uh, uh, faith of connections, having bombed out the time before. Obviously, difficult to train. You know that those two runs were a year apart. Um, but yeah, Kill Group looks a very strong stay. A shame we can't see Sir Gerard in here. I think he was uh, talked about perhaps coming here before he goes to Cheltenham. They're, they're going to go straight to the festival with him. But hopefully, Kill Group will follow him through with a. A smooth performance um, come weekend. I'd, I'd imagine that um, Patrick Mullins will look to ride him. Kill Group 15 to 8 with Skybet. Andrew? Yeah, I'm gonna take, I'll take him on with chem, Chemical Energy beat um, on Eagles Wings last time out. That horse came up and won, won very well with uh, Harry Squan riding his first winner of the hurdles um, for connections. And, um, I, you know, Sir Gerhard is the one, is, is the one you you might say chemical energy is second string for Gordon Elliott behind Sir Gerhard, but I still think he's got a very good bumper horse. But as the meet as the meeting is concerned, I think Gordon's probably looking forward to, to Sunday a little bit more than Saturday. There we have it. And we're going to be previewing Sunday's racing tomorrow. So if you've enjoyed this, please do stick around and look on YouTube for the video or download it as a podcast on all your podcast platforms. And talking of YouTube and podcasts, do check out Studs Up, the all-new Odds Checker and Skybet show with Ollie Bell, Charlie Austin and plenty of special guests. It was Ali McCoy's turn last week and they cover all things racing and football. Brilliant, brilliant show worth checking out. Do download the Odds Checker app as well for the best prices, the best bookie offers, place terms and the best tipsters. Andy, after a week off last week, is back every morning and his record on these big festivals is normally pretty good so i'd recommend following him in 
hope you've enjoyed the show i hope we've given you a couple of winners or some good value bets at least do enjoy the racing and please gamble responsibly Thank you.